Welcome to chapel. You made it. Fan, that was a really short move. Woo. Hey, I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, we, we have an exciting job. We get to plan this time together for every Monday and Wednesday. And you have an exciting time that you get to be in chapel. Because the 1115 chapel, don't tell your friends in 905 and 1010. But the 1115 chapel is literally the most well-done chapel because we've already done it twice before you get here. So all the kinks are worked out. So, you know, 905 is kind of dress rehearsal, and then 1010, we do it, and we're like, yeah, that was great. And then 1115, we're like, we got this. This is going to be awesome. And so I'm glad that you're here, and, and right after chapel, we get to all go eat lunch together, and that's good, too, because you're all going to go out and eat lunch with us, right? That's what we're going to do. Good, good. I'll probably go to Memorial, so <laughs> come. So glad that you're here. Hear me say that it's an exciting thing to be a part of chapel because literally every Baylor student who's come through this university since it began has been a part of chapel. And so whether you are here and you're thinking to yourself, man, I can't wait, or whether you're here and you're thinking, why, why do they still do chapel? We don't get it. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but I want you to know one thing you can count on is that you're having an experience that, that you can relate with every person who's come to Baylor from the beginning of Baylor. And so that's a pretty exciting thing to be a part of that. I want to introduce you to the whole staff a little bit later, but right now I want you to introduce you to Jared Slack. Jared Slack is right here in this shirt, the, right, the white plaid handsome shirt that he's got on and cool shoes. I like your shoes. Jones? Yes. So he can pull them off. I couldn't pull them off. So Jared um, is not only a graduate of Truett Theological Seminary right over here on your Baylor campus, um, but he also works in a, in a dedicated fashion and all the time with chapel and what happens in this place. I want you to know that Jared cares deeply not only about chapel, but about educating himself and making sure that what's on this stage is of the highest quality and that worship is something that's very important to him because he knows it's important to you. And so he works tirelessly planning what happens in chapel. So I want you to know him because he's going to come and share with us a little bit about what to expect on Mondays uh, this coming semester. So Jared, share with us. I want to echo what Ryan said and say welcome to you, welcome to Baylor, welcome to, to Baylor Chapel. For those of you who are just starting your journey, I'm really excited that you're here and know that we have prayed for you and we have uh, been anticipating you being here for some time and we are so excited uh, that we are getting to begin this journey with you. What I want to say to you this morning is that um, we are all people of, of rhythm and of routine and we all kind of have just a way of being in the world and our chapel, it, we, we like to follow a rhythm as well. Uh, our Mondays and Wednesdays will each be very different. Uh, our Wednesdays, we'll talk about that in a second, our Wednesdays will be a time of worship, prayer, and reflection. Um, and it'll be people leading you from the Baylor community, teachers, professors, um, staff members, us, some of you will be leading too. Um, it will always be just Baylor people on Wednesdays. We kind of call those just us days. But on Mondays, what I want to talk to you specifically about, those are, those, those are the days in chapel where we... We find people all over the world, and literally from all over the world, to come and to share their faith and their life and their profession and their gifts with us here on the Waco Hall stage. What's important about that is to know that, that, that each and every Wednesday or Monday, we, we have meticulously thought through and found people that we really believe have something 
to, to tell you, have something that can inspire you. And so these are people who are not only leaders in their particular fields, in their professions, they're, they're not only uh, leading artists or musicians or speakers or authors. Um, they're not only those kinds of people, but they're also people who are also leading in their faith as well. These people are dedicated uh, to, to nurturing the, their own spiritual life, and it's from that place, from that place of knowing that God has gifted them, that they are serving uh, the world and that they're using their gifts and talents. And so we, we plan a year out. Uh, the people we have on our schedule for this fall, we have known they were coming since last fall. Um, that's how far out we plan this stuff. And so we are very uh, dedicated uh, and uh, we care deeply about who we bring on the stage because what we, what we believe is that is in you getting to hear from these people and learning from people. Like next Monday, we have a guy named Ted Schwartz. He's from Virginia, and he's a professional actor, but he's also a person of great faith. And he's going to come share with you his, his gifts and the things that he does in this world, but also tell you a little bit about how God is impacting his own life. And our hope is that in that, in seeing people who are using their gifts and their talents uh, to further God's kingdom in this world, that you yourself would be inspired to use your own gifts uh, to be about changing the world. Because that is what a Baylor education is about. Uh, it's about using your gifts and your talents to make the world a better place. So that's what Mondays are. All right, and what I want to do is I'm going to hand it back over to Ryan. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about Ryan. Ryan is one of my best good friends. I've known him for about five years now, ever since I started seminary. And um, don't make jokes behind my back. I'm just mentioning that that's from Forrest Gump, and I didn't realize that until you told me. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a good movie. You should all watch it. Um, but, yeah, he's one of my really good friends, and I've known him for about five years, ever since I started uh, Truett Seminary. And we actually we participate in a life group together with our church, um, and we have uh, been journeying together. And I've gotten to know him really well um, on a very personal and friend level, but also I know him on a professional level. He is a man of many gifts and talents, and he has more energy than he knows what to do with. <laughs> Um, and so, but he leads our department very well, um, and he does a great job leading chapel, and working for him is a true blessing in my own life, but I want to hand it over to him, and he's going to talk to you about Wednesdays. That was really sweet. It was. I don't really it's know funny. how to respond. I feel kind of it's awkward. from the heart. Thank you. We're just having a moment up here. We've known each other a long time. Hey, I want to talk to you about Wednesdays in chapel, and the way I want to do that is I want to ask you a question about music that you listen to. Um, how many of you really love baby Mozart? No? You do? Awesome. How many of you, have you ever heard of the Backyardigans? Because they're, <laughs> wow. like all of, like yes. 17 people just raised their hands. are like, yes. <laughs> do you love them? Oh my goodness gracious. Praise God. That's great. Hey. You're kind of ruining my illustration just a little bit. <laughs> okay, the Backyardigans and Baby Mozart and definitely um, basically anything from the Mickey Mouse Club um, are things that my son listens to <laughs> and loves. And no offense to any of you because I appreciate your willingness to raise your hand and be so forthright with that. But not my favorite deal, okay? <laughs> like my son wants to listen to the Backyardigans and I'm like, what is that playing in the other room? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I would not listen to that, but you would, and that's okay. You're, I'm validating you as a person, okay? You're a good person. <laughs> the, uh, but, but, you know, not my deal, but I will tell you this. My son loves it, and we'll put him in the, I'll strap him in the, in the car seat in the car, you know, and he's like, Daddy, play music is what he'll say, and that means pull a CD out and put it in the CD player, and literally, I'm waiting for like, da, 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 to come on. And instead, it's like, bah, bah, bah. 
And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> it's going to be a long ride. And, but he's back there, and he loves it. He loves it. He's strapped in, and he's just, oh, he's so happy, and he's just singing along, and he can sing now, and he sings the Itsy Bitsy Spider and all of this. But enough of him. His name's Siler. He's about this tall, and he's got blonde hair, and he's, he'll be three in about a week and a half. And he's awesome, and you'll get to meet him at some point. But my point is this. I, I don't really love the music, but I do love my son a whole lot. And so I, I actually have grown to, to listen to the music because he, he loves the music. And I've even, I'm going to confess to you today, I've even caught myself listening to the music sometimes when he's not around. It's hard for me to admit, but it's true. And the reason I've done that is because I love him so much and I miss him when he's not with me. And so I'll end up listening to something he might listen to. Well, you know what? Some similar things are going to happen on Wednesdays here in chapel. Because Wednesdays are expressly meant for worship. So we will have a worship service every single Wednesday. It will be a lot like church. And so when you come in, the problem is many of you are from different traditions. So you may say to me, you know what, Ryan? I really love gospel music, and I'm from a gospel church, and so we, we listen to a lot of gospel. Well, you know what? We're going to have gospel worship from time to time. Others of you are going to say, I'm from an Orthodox tradition. I really like more liturgy in my service, and we're going to have that from time to time as well. Still others of you are going to say, you know, I, I come from a non-denominational church where we have a band lead all the worship, and then we're going to say, well, we're also going to have that from time to time. But inevitably, there's going to be a day you walk into Waco Hall on a Wednesday, and we're going to have a style of worship that's not really your thing. It's kind of like my son's music. You know, you're going to say, I don't really like it. But you know what? That's not why we're doing it. We're not doing it because you like it. We're doing it because we think that it represents the greater breadth of the worship of God's people. So what I'm going to ask you to do, and I'm asking you this today, is that on Wednesdays when you come in, prepare your heart and prepare your mind to worship God in a variety of styles because we're going to try to represent a lot up here. And I'm going to ask you to love your students, your fellow students, love them enough to say, I'll even participate because I know that one of my fellow students is from this tradition. You may be from a church that plays, has a band every Sunday and you think, no one in Baylor comes from a church that says, uh, that does a lot of liturgy. But you would be wrong because a lot of people at Baylor come from all kinds of different churches. And so we're going to come in here on Wednesdays and we're going to worship together that way. Somebody who's taught me a lot about worship and about the breadth of worship is Dr. Burt Burleson. Many of you heard from him at Candlelight. You also, which was, how many of you were at Candlelight last night? Candlelight was quite fun. I, I enjoyed that. I, enjoyed, I liked hearing you sing more than anything. And my favorite moment, those of you who were there, was when you were out with your candles and you were singing Amazing Grace. Um, I was actually across the water and you were really loud. It was a really fantastic moment. Um, but Dr. Burt Burleson, you heard from him at Candlelight last night. You also heard from him at Orientation. And he is somebody who is, in my life, he's not only a poet, he's a published author. He is a published musician. But more importantly than all of those things and accolades I could share with you about him is he's a pastor. And he pastors me, he pastors our staff, and he'll pastor you. And he's here to love you and to pour into your life. He absolutely loves college students. He doesn't want to sit up in a, an ivory tower and be away from you. He wants to be in your life and a part of your life. And so Dr. Burleson is going to share with us a little bit now. Thanks, Ryan. It's great fun to get to work with these folks. And uh, 
you can already tell there's an awful lot that goes into this. Baylor has a lot of eggs in the chapel basket uh, and cares deeply for it. We, we have hung on to it. And maybe you're, you're aware that uh, not all schools have done that. Most of the major universities uh, that you think about as being uh, real visible in our country were started by faith communities. You may not know that, but along the way, they sort of dropped that stuff through the years. And uh, they dropped chapel along the way. And Baylor didn't. Interesting. As that was happening in the 60s and 70s, and people were saying, it's not really relevant anymore, Baylor hung on to this. And we're so glad that we did now because we've come to learn some things about education, about what it means to be uh, a, a person who has become whole and a learner. Um, we can't do Baylor the way we want to do Baylor online. It'd be a whole lot cheaper for everybody just to stay home and go online, and you could take all the classes. There are universities to do that. You can't get the kind of education we're talking about that way because it matters that you're in a community and that you're going to know one another and that you're going to get connected to professors, that you're going to be in dialogue, that you're going to be questioning together. All of that matters. And what we have come to believe deeply and really reinvest in in the last decade or so is that the life of the spirit and the life of the mind are connected in really important ways. Your learning changes because of what's going on in the life of faith. It changes the kind of questions you ask. It changes the kinds of things you see. It changes what you know. It, it, it's, you can't know everything in a laboratory, can you? You can't know everything because you've read the right book or been in a lecture. So some things you come to because you're in a community. There's some things you come to because you are in a worship experience. And you, you remember the word awaken we were using last night? Something in you clicks and you see it. If you're a person of faith, maybe you've known that along the way. It doesn't happen because someone got enough information in your brain that's important to the Baylor experience. But it's also what's going on at a different kind of level in you. And chapel is not the only thing at Baylor that's going to be working on this with you, but chapel is, is really important in that way. What we believe is that you can't do everything you need to do in the classroom without doing some of this kind of soul work in other places, and particularly in here. So every Monday and every Wednesday, we're going to be working on that with you trying to sort of do that together. You, you can't just do this in your residence hall room. You have to do it together. And there are 4,000 people enrolled in chapel. So we need your cooperation in terms of the way that we go about this. You kind of got the big picture now. And my colleagues are going to talk to you a little bit about how we're going to be able to pull that off over the course of the semester. So between your chapel and the other two, there are about 4,000 students enrolled in chapel. And that means that it's a pretty big uh, task to make sure that you get credit. And so let me talk to you just a second about you getting credit. Um, I want you to get credit for chapel. Do you want to get credit for chapel? Of course you do. Uh, because the fact is you cannot graduate with a degree from Baylor University without two credits of chapel. And so you need to have chapel this semester, and then you need to do chapel or an alternative chapel another semester. Uh, and so there's ways that you can do that, and some of them will appear on the screen here in just a second. You need to be here 75% of the time in order to get credit for this semester of chapel. That is not a chapel policy. That is a Baylor policy, and it has to do with all of your courses. So it's not unique to chapel. Every course that you have, you have to be here 75% of the time. That means there's no such thing as excused absences at Baylor. Um, and so what that means is if, if you're going to take some of your absences up front and then Aunt Bessie passes away or 
or you don't, um, maybe you have the flu and you have to go to the hospital or something and you miss chapel. Unfortunately, we, we can't excuse you for Aunt Bessie's funeral or for being in the hospital. You still just took one of your absences in those instances. And so it's better for you to go ahead and say, hey, I'll try to plan my chapel attendance so that, and, and my attendance to all my classes, so that I backload all of those absences toward the end of the semester, not the beginning, um, just in case of emergency. You are responsible for scanning your ID. Now, some of you are, are fresh out of high school, and some of you are older students, and I just want you to know um, that all of you are college students, and so uh, I'm speaking to you that way, and we, we, you're adults, and we treat you like adults, and because of that, you have to scan your ID. It's your job. Your job is to scan your ID on the way out the door. That's how your credit is, is um, granted to you. Please know that the scanners are actually off um, before chapel. They're off in all the times in between chapels. The only time that scanner's on is after chapel is over when you're going out the doors, any of these doors. Chapel assistants are at all the doors. They're here to help you. They want to help you scan and get credit. They love you. They're here for you. They're part of your family and so and our family. So you should hug them and you should pat them on the heads and... Greeting them with a holy kiss is probably over the line, maybe. But you could, you could hug them, though. Um, so make sure that you do scan your ID. If you come to chapel and you thought to yourself, man, I forgot my ID, I don't have it. It's better to get your ID because I, I care about you and I don't want you to have to be late for your next class. If, if you don't have your ID, you're going to have to ask the chapel assistant for a voucher. All the information on what to do about that voucher is written on the voucher itself. So just follow the instructions. But I'm telling you, it's a lot longer process. Um, it's quicker just to scan your ID. Lastly, don't be late to chapel. This chapel begins at 1115. Um, I hate to do this, but again, there's 4,000 people in chapel. So the only way we can kind of regulate the process is at 1118, the doors to chapel will close. When those doors close, you are not allowed in the hall. Um, that is the same policy you will find at Pigskin and at Sing. If you try to get in during a Sing performance, you will not be allowed in until that Sing performance is over. That's what we do with chapel. If you come at 1118, after 1118, we're not going to allow you in, and you're going to have to take an absence that day. Um, so please help us with that. And I'm really sorry for some of you who you were late for very good reasons, maybe your other class went long or something, but we still can't let you in. So just know that that's another reason you might want to save an absence or two. Um, oh, there was something you shared right here, but I've forgotten what it was. Oh, BU 1000. Some of you are enrolled in University 1000 or BU 1000. That counts in your 75% for chapel. So just make sure you do the math. Uh, make sure you attend those classes um, and go to those. It, it, it's a lot easier, in my opinion, and I tell you this because I care about you as college students. It's a lot easier just to go to all of them. Um, then you don't have to worry about the math. So just why don't you just go to class, and then you don't have to worry about absence policy at all. So I want you to know something that is granted to you that has never been granted to a, to a chapel class before. Um, in the 10 years I've been here, we've never done anything like this, so I'm really excited about it. We have a thing called Vespers at the Bobo Spiritual Life Center at 3.30 in the afternoon. Now, here's what this means for you. If you were to miss chapel, let's say you slept in or you uh, had some other thing and you were like, man, I really meant to go and I, I just forgot and I really don't want to take an absence. You can actually make up your chapel absence that day or the next day. Let me show you what I'm talking about. If you miss Monday chapel, that would be today, you can come to Vespers at 3.30 p.m. in the Bobo Spiritual Life Center. It's a 30-minute 
prayer service. You can come there today or tomorrow, and we will give you credit for today's chapel. Now, you can also, if you miss a Wednesday chapel, you can come over to Vespers on Wednesday or Thursday. So within that day or the next day, you can get credit for the, the chapel that you just missed. Now, this is important. Because this is the common experience of all Baylor students, you can't just go to Vespers and not come to chapel and get credit for the semester. You can do that up to five times. We still want you to be here in Waco Hall for this experience. Uh, but up to five times this semester, if you thought, man, I just... I really just it couldn't make it, but I don't want to take an absence. You can come to prayer service at 3.30 in the Bobo Spiritual Life Center. And now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, being in the room and what it means to be present here. Um, and Jared's going to take us through that. And I also wanted you to know, too, that uh, before you all came here, uh, it's probably about two weeks ago, you guys all received an email on your Baylor account that had all sorts of documents in there, one of those being the chapel uh, syllabus. Um, and I know some of you maybe haven't gotten into the routine of checking your Baylor email. Uh, let me be one of the many voices who will tell you this, that you really need to start building that kind of discipline of, of checking your Baylor email very often because that's where you get a lot of announcements. So on that, you have an electronic document. It is a chapel syllabus. And on that syllabus, it lists all the things that we're talking about today. Um, so we're, we're, we're verbalizing it to you, and we're also putting it in print. It's very important that you familiar, familiarize yourself with that stuff as well. Yeah, like Can, what, Go ahead. Well, I just want to, I want to, there's some things on the syllabus that we're not talking about that I want to, it just occurred to me. If you, uh, you have to check your chapel attendance, and this is clear on the syllabus, I would get in the discipline of going maybe every, every Friday to the website and making sure that you got uh, credit for being here. Occasionally, there's a technological problem. It doesn't happen often. But you have to let us know within a week, and that's the, that, that's an important sort of window there. You can't call in November and say, I was there September 15th. You've got to let us know quickly if we somehow have a technological problem. So, um, Yeah, and so like Ryan was talking about with, with being present, what I want to talk to you about just for a moment is there's a difference between being present and having presence. Um, and so... What that means is this, is yes, you can come and you can just fill a seat and be here for your 75% of attendance, but we're asking for something a little more than that. We're wanting you to be the kind of people who have presence in this room, and what that means is being engaged in what's happening, um, listening attentively, being the kind of person who cares enough about yourself and about the person next to you um, to get that cares enough about yourself, not only yourself, but the person next to you as well, that, that you would commit to saying, I'm going to engage in what's happening on, on the Waco Hall stage, and I'm going to be here um, in this moment, and I'm going to listen and, and hear what God might have to say for me, say to me. Um, and, well, I want to be really honest with you, too, and kind of get personal here for a second. I have my iPhone in my pocket right here, and throughout this entire uh, chapel service right now, I've, no lie, I've, it's, it's vibrated uh, no less than ten times, okay? And honestly, it is killing me to find out what that's all about. Uh, is it a text message? Is it email? Is it a voicemail? Is someone calling me? Is, is, there's a big event happening tonight, and is it, is, it, uh, is it something about that? And it is driving me crazy not to know what's going on. And I'm, in fact, getting the shakes a little bit, kind of going through some withdrawals. And I know, and I know that you know, we live in an age of absolute connectedness and technology, and we are the kind of people that want to have everything now. And if my phone vibrates in my pocket, I'm going to pull it out and check and see what's going on. What I want to ask you is to say no to that. Um, and I know that's hard, but I'm saying no to it right now. 
Uh, Ryan is as well. He gets far more emails than I do. And so he's saying no to it, and so is Dr. Burleson. We are denying that part that says you don't need to be here right now. You need to be elsewhere and thinking about that, those kinds of things. So with that, uh, no electronic devices are allowed in Waco Hall during chapel. All right? And here's the thing. I've been up here for the past you know, 20 minutes, and I have been doing chapel for a while now, and so I know what it looks like from the stage to see someone who's on their electronic device. Their face is glowing because they have their laptop open, and there's this blue hue on their, on their face, and I know that they have it. In fact, there's someone in here right now that I, can, I, I see with one out because I can see it. Uh, I also know that the little technique of crossing your leg and hiding it right there and just kind of looking down, oh, I know that one as well. I do it often. Um, <laughs> But we're asking you not to do that uh, because what the reality of it is this, is that um, you may have your iPhone out or, or, or whatever electronic device it is and you're trying to break the high score on whatever game it is that you just downloaded. And it's not only you who is engaged in that game. It is the person, behind, or, or person next to you who is looking over your shoulder, uh, looking at seeing if you're going to beat the high score. And it's the person behind you wondering what that glow is and what's that person doing in front of you. So here's the deal. Um, if you have electronic devices out of any kind, laptops, phones, mp3 players, little small TVs, I don't know what it is, an iPad or something. Um, if you have those things out, uh, we won't even warn you. We will just come and ask you to, uh, to leave the, the room. Um, and I know that's harsh, but that's just, we've got to be sticklers about it because it will get out of hand. And with that also, uh, no, no prolonged conversations in the middle of uh, chapel. Um, the person, whoever's up here on stage is really sharing a part of their life. They're sharing something really important with you. And for you to carry on a, a prolonged conversation during that is very, very disrespectful to that person. And as well, it is distracting. And is in fact saying that you don't care about what's happening on stage and you don't care about anyone around you. Uh, and so we ask you not to have those prolonged conversations as well. Um, and in this room, this Waco Hall is used for various things. Uh, you will, some of you will be on the stage doing sing. You will be doing after dark. The Waco Symphony plays here all the time. Choir performances will happen here. All sorts of things will happen in this room. So this is a very multi-purpose room. And it's our responsibility as students and staff to take care of this room. So we would ask you, the Waco Hall staff has asked us to tell you, please do not crawl on the seats. And I know that I shouldn't have to tell you that because you are not five years old. But please, just don't, don't crawl on the seats. Don't climb on any of the railing back there or anything kind of like that. Um, it just take care of this place. Uh, which means no drinks in here as well. I mean, you'll, our chapel sins will help you with that as you're walking in. Um, and then, what else was it? Yeah, so be present. And then also to say this, um, I know we've gone through a lot. We've talked a whole lot about chapel this morning, and maybe some of you are a little bit overwhelmed by that. Um, and I understand. I get overwhelmed too just telling it to you. Um, but know that at the end of the day, we do all this. We do what we do because we love you and we love God. Uh, and we love doing what we do. We love uh, being a part of chapel with you. And we care deeply about you. Uh, and so know that, first and foremost, we're here to help. Uh, we are here to walk alongside you through this journey. And we are very excited that you have chosen to be here at Baylor. And uh, we have prayed for you. And we will continue to pray for you. And uh, we thank you so much for being here. All right? Um, to close, what I want to do is I want to invite you... To, uh, to get to know uh, Christopher Mack, or we lovingly call him C-Mack. He works in our area of formation at Spiritual Life Center, and he has a really great announcement for you. Well, thank you, guys. I grew up as a kid, this is a confession, watching The Price is Right. That was just really good. Not like the Drew Carey one, but like the Bob Barker, like old school Price is Right. And the excitement that they would have at the beginning when they would say someone's name, and they're like, come on down, you're the next contestant, and everyone's just going crazy. I've always loved that. And being in front of this group, I don't know why that's just overcoming, but 
I just really kind of thinking about that. And so I got the great idea. I thought I wanted to make this or make this announcement, but I wanted to see some excitement in the room. And so what I did is I strategically located five or six or so of these on the right hand, like armrest of your chair, like under there. So if you look right now and find it, and if you find a free Fuddruckers hamburger there, would you like just show me some excitement? You don't have to like come on down because that's weird. But if you would just like, you know, jump up or something or wave it around in the air or clap or there we go. Woohoo! Yeah, look at those guys are very excited over there about the free Fuddruckers. Now the rest of you, I realize might be like, well, that's great for them. But what about us? Well, that's the announcement. You see, we're having a welcome dinner tonight. It's going to be at Fountain Mall. That's like the big grassy strip, right? Kind of in the center of campus. There's going to be a live band, Dutton. There are people that have been to Baylor. They love Baylor students. They were Baylor students at one point. They're going to be there performing. There's also going to be free Fuddruckers burgers. There's going to be chips, salsa. There's free sodas. We're going to have free snow cones because we know it's going to be hot. So we want you to be there 5.30 to 8 tonight. It's going to be you and like 2,000 of your best friends. It should be great. Final thing, final thing, and then we'll be ready to go, is I want to let you know that there's this thing called the freshman retreat coming up. We'll be talking more about that in future chapels. We just want to let you know if you wanted more information, there will be a table out there. Now, we're going to let you go with sort of a benediction. Let me tell you how this is going to work because you've never done this before. I'm going to ask you to stand. Don't do it yet. And you're going to be real tempted to like start like grabbing your bag and putting everything together and turning your phone back off silent and talking to your friend. But this is still, the benediction is still a part of chapel. It's a part of worship. So I'm going to ask that you do that sort of reverently, quietly, that you would stand up. I will say the benediction, and then you can start talking to your friends, and you can leave and exit out there. Like, I'm going to say the benediction. I'm going to walk off stage. Don't wait. Just like, huh, what's next? Then you're dismissed kind of thing. So remember, we're going to try to do this as quietly as possible with 2,000 people. Would you please stand? May the peace of Christ be with you not only this day, but all days this semester and throughout your life. Amen.